What's up, guys? Welcome back to Sudam Vasit Podcast, Season 2. This is Episode Number 5. Our guest today is a certified functional medicine practitioner, a coach, chiropractor, speaker, and an author. She has helped thousands over the last three decades and over stop adapting their lifestyle to pain and chronic problems by focusing on the whole person. Uh, without further ado, it's my pleasure to welcome Dr. Patricia Ballon. Hi, Dr. Pat. Hi, Sid. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Me too. I'm glad we have the same greatness. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Dr. Pratt, before we kind of dive into this uh, podcast, would you mind uh, giving us a little bit about uh, your background, your upbringing, education, etc.? Well, um, I'm in from the Midwest, you know, originally from Michigan. I was born, raised, schooled for undergraduate, and then I went to chiropractic school in Atlanta, Georgia, and um, from there um, had a practice with my husband, who was a chiropractor, we're no longer together, um, and on Cape Cod. And which was like, you know, vacation land. And everyone thought we were so crazy to go to someplace like that. But it was really great. And it was really foundational to be able to, uh, to see, um, people thrive, you know, and, and that environment. And, um, I went to school, um, also for acupuncture in Florida and uh in my just in miami um and i've done a lot of other things i've done a lot of volunteer work i've you know volunteered my services in the special olympics in boston and i worked boston marathons and men and women's pro volleyball games international windship uh, surfing championships the lpga and you know so much more i've did a lot of volunteer stuff for sports um because that was my first love um and then you know i had this really great teacher um, whose name was Jeff Bland. He's PhD. And um, he, what he said to me made total sense about why we weren't healthy. And um, I really dove in deep dive into the functional medicine aspect. He is the father of functional medicine. Uh, and I used to tease him and tell him that I was stalking him because anytime he was within like an hour plane ride from where I was at, I would get on a plane and go see his conference. He was, he's such a brilliant you know, and, and he was so inspirational. And because of him, I was able to help, you know, uh, even more, you know, help people have better health, better lifestyle. You know, I helped them be stronger so that they could have the strong mindset in every aspect of their life, especially wellness. Mm-hmm. Great. So I just want to ask you, what made you, what motivates you as a doctor, as well as a business person? Well, what, what amazed me as a, as a doctor is, um, I feel really sad when I see people be sick when there's no reason for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, or there's, there's, cause I always believe that, you know, knowledge is powerful, but it's even more powerful when you know how to stack that knowledge and implement that knowledge into a step by step process to get you out of whatever hole you're in or mm-hmm. elevate you, even if you're at optimal health. So it keeps you on a certain level and a certain note. Um, and, so, you know, as a doctor, I just think there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of solutions out there. Um, and there's always something that you can do. You just have to be able to have the knowledge, you know, um, to pick the right solution for you. Because mm-hmm. one, I don't do one size fits all, you know, um, coaching and mentoring. I, I coach with a mentor's heart. So I don't tell anybody to do something I don't do myself. That's great. Yep. Uh, and then and, you asked and- about business, right? 
Yes. Is your second both. question? Yes. The that thing that correct. motivates me about business is, you know, I don't, I think about service. You know, when I think about business, I think about how many people can I serve today that need to have a breakthrough in their life and get unstuck and keep moving forward with a limitless plan, especially in their health and mindset. And there's a lot of people <laughs> and, uh, and there's only so much you can do. So that's why I tried to do more coaching or platform speaking, you know, from the stage to be able to spread that knowledge um, a little bit easier so that, you know, I have, I'm able to touch people who are in audiences and, you know, and like today, your audience that I visually can't see, but I can feel them. Uh, so I'm really, um, you know, that that's what motivates me as, you know, in business is the ability to serve, you know, and to be able to give when you can give and then that, you know, and then love what you're doing. That's great. And right? who do you serve? I mean, what kind of clientele do you prefer to serve to? I serve um, executives and entrepreneurs and uh, business professional, busy professionals um, and owners um, in that industry. And it's those people who like want to get to their greatest goal in less time. And I help them do that. Why do you say the greatest goal in less time? Is there some kind of a correlation between goal and the time frame? Sure. People, you know, I can say it's it's like the differentiation between aspire and inspire and taking action. I can aspire like I want to be the CEO of Pepsi, even though I would never want to do that. But Mm. let's say that is I'm aspiring for that. Unless I get inspired and take specific action steps, that inspiration makes me make a plan, have an action step so I can go from point A to point C and, you know, maybe find a mentor and a coach that has already done something like that so that they can say, you know, you're wasting your time over here. Go to the right instead. When you get to the end of the road on this one, you want to make a left and make your first right. You know, and has having that knowledge base community to help support you, to propel you forward, ignite and elevate where you're going. Does that I make sense? Banana. Yes, that's what that. Uh, I want to, I want to talk about your book, uh, could you tell us a little bit about your uh, the bestseller book and what's it about and uh, your title and how did you come along with that? Well, I got the title because it, you know, um, I it, and around 2010, the CDC put out a um, a report that 212 potentially dangerous chemicals were found in the blood and urine of every participant in that study, and there was over mm-hmm. 2,500 people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's huge, you know, like every one of those 212. And that really made me, I was retired at the time. And then, you know, I was seeing people walk around in Boston. I lived on Cape Cod, right? So there was like nobody. I mean, you didn't like have like, you know, a thousand people trying to get into the subway all at once um, in Boston. And, um, and so it, what was really prevalent, like to me is that people were sick and they didn't know it. And I thought that, you know, if I stay on the sideline, then I am as bad as the problem is the people who are putting toxic chemicals in the water <laughs> and all these toxins and everything. I, I'm just like them because I'm not willing to do something about it. So it really pulled me back um, and made me, it gave me the impetus. Plus, my father died of a heart attack. And he was my biggest hero and my biggest inspiration. And when I went to chiropractic school, I thought about like, God, what could I have done to extend his life so that he would be around longer? 
you know, because that would have meant the world to me. It would have meant the world to my family. And he was an entrepreneur and executive, (laughs) you know, who didn't eat well, didn't take care of himself, you know, and so eventually he just had a sudden heart attack and he died. And, you know, there's so many things that we do for our health that we don't have the right information or the right checklist. So we can go check, check, check this, and then go, now I can make an educated decision about what my next step is moving forward. And if I know what my next step is moving forward, then the question is like, how many people in this room want to be or want to have more health and keep your hands up and how many people who have their hands up are willing to invest in their health? Because a lot of people want health, but they don't want to invest in it. That, you know, and a, it's just yeah. like, and that's a sad fact. So, um, cause a lot of people go like, well, my insurance doesn't cover it. So I'm not going to do it. It's like, well, gosh, I go killing yourself very slowly is a good idea. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't think so. Um, so the, it's, it's just the, the mentality around that, you know, and, and changing the mentality around that. So people have better options and they, you know, and, you know, even when people ask me, why I still do what I do, mm-hmm. you know, because I've been a physician for over three and a half decades. And they're going, why do you still do it? It's because I love to make massive differences in people's lives. I love to see people thrive. I mean, don't you? I mean, when someone's Absolutely. happy, yeah. healthy, they're vibrant, they're full of life, you know, it's just like, they're almost like going, can I touch you? <laughs> you know, I want to absorb some of that energy from you and that, but that, that's, you know, how, you know, I think, and I think that you have to have checklists. I think you have to have, you know, better ways to be healthier and, and, and be open to be taught them, you know, and I think you need to keep your hand up and say, you'll invest in yourself. Yeah, that's true. And, and then how was the response of the people of your book? Uh... Oh, yes, my book. Um, <laughs> you know, my book is called Why Are You Sick, Fat, and Tired? And in my business group, when I first launched this, this skinny woman said, I'm not sick, I'm not fat, I'm tired. Why would I ever want to buy your book? And I said, well, you know if you're tired or not, and you might know you're fat, you know, because you could be skinny and still be fat on the inside. It's called yeah. DAT fat, you know, but you don't know if you're sick. So if you had a simple, you know, questionnaire and a health assessment that looked at all your organ systems and organized them in a fashion so that you would know where your weakest link and strongest link, because you got to know what's going for you also, because you got to know what your backup plan is, um, then you could do specific steps and plan action steps to fortify those weaker organ systems. And so what the book is, is the advocating tool. It's a workbook, you know, um, a, uh, it's like a, you know, a guide to, you know, how to have better health and to identify where to start your health journey. So there's no confusion around it. You know, it's just like, here's my weakest link. What can I do to fortify that? And because if you catch it beforehand, you get to age gracefully as opposed to one day waking up going, wow, how did I end up with a chronic illness and disease like Alzheimer's? 40% of the people who have diabetes are destined to have Alzheimer's. So I don't know anybody who wants to lose their mind. And people who have diabetes, it's reversible, especially one, excuse me, especially uh, diabetes two, you know, because it's a lifestyle induced disease. So if you know that you are exposing yourself to things that are, you know, changing the, you know, projectile outcomes of your health, why would you do them? 
You know, it's just like, you know, my father always said the best form of a diet. He did this one day standing at the dining room table and he kind of did this push up (laughs) where he pushed himself away from the table. He goes, you want to lose weight? And he goes, get up and walk away. (laughs) And that was his, but it was kind of, I was thinking what, like, you know, thinking what exercise is that? (laughs) You know, what do you call that exercise? You know, and I was really young, but it really, really stuck in my head you know, about that. And a lot of people just, you know, they, they leave their health care in the hands of somebody else. And that's doc- a huge mistake. But Dr. Pat, I, I, I want to ask you something here. So, I mean, with all the things that have been going on, say COVID, now inflation, I mean, it plays a major role, you know, on someone's mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe some people choose to eat unhealthy. Maybe some people use... Um, use eating bad as an outlet you know mm-hmm. so so do you think is it a problem with the mindset or is it a problem with the lifestyle how, how can we how can people cope up with that and relate with this scenario well let's define health first health in the the merriam webster's dictionary is all the organs functioning 100 percent of the time here's the good that was the good news and the bad news is is that we don't know if it's not functioning 100 percent of the time and who the world health organization says it's not merely the absence of disease or infirmities and it has to do with environment it has to do with um, your in the social ability it, it's a bigger picture and they did, they revised their definition in the 80s and they haven't touched that definition you know since 1986 so if you you know and there's three reasons why people get sick basically it's trauma toxins and thoughts mm-hmm. and traumas are things like you know birthing nine out of ten children have some type of cervical damage in their neck when they are birthed in a normal way what's considered normal um and those you know it's just like that's why you do chiropractic care very shortly after birth um because you want to reset the alignment of the bones you know because of the the trauma from the birthing process you know and then you have other things like you know doing the same thing all the time from the same side of the like you know the table for instance like when i adjusted people i usually adjusted from the left side you know it seemed like more than the right side so there's a way that my body moves that likes to be in a certain position when i go the other way it might it doesn't like it and i have i'll have muscle spasms for instance um you know, and there's also like overuse syndrome, you know, you hear about that in sports a lot. And then you also have bad posture, you know, just like, you know, kids with backpacks that don't fit them and they're hunched over. And, you know, um, you can see that when someone's like driving a car <laughs> next to you, yeah. go, sit up straight. Um, and then. Um, you know, you have toxins that come from the air that you breathe, the water you drink, the food that you eat, the chemicals that you use to clean your house and do your gardening with. You know, some of those chemicals and many of those chemicals are carcinogenic with larger exposures. And so you have to take a look at that. But the thing that's unsettling are your thoughts. And your thoughts can undo up to seven to ten times, you know, um, what you did to correct the trauma, which is the mechanical alignment, and also the toxins in your environment. All you have to do is just be stressed out and your cortisol levels go up. You know, you're stressed out. You don't digest your food. You get bloated. We've all been in that, you know, that, that disagreement with somebody when you're eating about some, at some point in time, um, where, you know, you end up not being able to sleep or you eat too late, you know, or you eat the wrong kind of foods and your body really doesn't like those type of foods and it can't utilize them because there's damage in the intestinal tract. 
you know, but thoughts can undo that. Thoughts can create that you know, that problem. And so the biggest culprit, you know, the one that really pay attention to the most are what your thoughts are. You must have command of your thoughts and you must be able to master them, you know, or else they can really make, they can create a lot of havoc in every aspect of your life. So the mindset part of it is essential because it's the fourth, you know, pillar of health that I teach. The first is proper um, diet. The second one is proper exercise. The third one is proper sleep. The fourth one is positive mental attitude and positive mindset. And the fifth one is proper posture, which is biomechanics, structure, function. And so you, and what happens is the brain controls and coordinates all functions of the body. And it does so like a Swiss watch and connects all organ system to each other. So when one slows down, another one slows down. And then, you know, so like when one slows down, the other one picks up the slack. So it could be 10 years down the road and all of a sudden you have diabetes and you're like, wow, how did that happen? Yeah, I ate sugar, but, you know, people don't remember. It's like women, if you ever ask a woman who had a kid, you know, it's just like, you know, like three weeks later or two years later, she remembers going through that childbirth. It's incredibly painful. You know, but you don't remember it. Your body, you know, wants to shut that, that thought process down. So that's a good example of how, you know, how thoughts are so powerful. Um, but you have to have, you know, in looking at the definition of health and the five pillars of health, because that's how you put the pieces of the puzzle of health in place so that you have the potential to have the best outcome possible, you know, and managing that P, like positive mental attitude, which I call PMA and positive mindset, which is PM for me, um, you know, is essential in order to have, you know, health and then also having community. That's a, that's a great answer. So, so what do you think about organic foods? You know, I, I want to relate this to the second T, which was the toxins in the three T's you mentioned why people get sick. Um, I've heard, you know, scenarios where organic has made my life better. Some of them, oh, doesn't do anything for us. How does that play a role in, say, removing the or helping decrease the toxin part? You know, in your in your uh, three T's. Well, there's there's um, very specific requirements to be considered organic food, and organic food cannot come in contact with um, food that's not organic. And so when you're eating organic food, they're guaranteeing that it doesn't have any pesticides on it. Pesticides cause cancer. They cause illness and disease. You know, water bottles that are sitting, sometimes you see them at gas stations sitting in the sun, never buy them, <laughs> you know, and you only like, if you ever use a water bottle as an ice pack in your, you know, cooler, if you go on a picnic, you never want to drink it because it's the extreme heats and plastic that makes the plastic, the phthalates go into the water and you drink them and they never, and they never leave your body. And so it's, that's why you don't do plastics. That's why you don't put plastics in microwaves, you know, because that plastic uh, or especially styrofoam. (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, in that I was at an Airbnb one time and some guy pulled out a, plat, a styrofoam container and put it in the microwave. Now I cringed and I left the room because styrofoam evaporates. And I decided I didn't want, I even want to have the potential of being in the same room with any type of aromic, um, you know, uh, result from, you know, microwaving the heck out of this little container. Um, so you know, it's being, you know, the, the greatest thing, like for instance, that you get from my book, one of the things is you get a greater awareness of your health and that's priceless. 
And then you're able to implement things that you learn from the book, like, you know, look like, okay, here's my scenario. Let me go talk to my doctor or my coach, you know, mentor, you know, about what's my best steps to do in order to help support the weaker system. Great. And is that how people can use your book as a guidebook and and an advocating tool? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And if they're confused by it at the very end, I have a uh, a calendar link that they can connect with me on um, so that we can have a conversation about their particular results. Um, and that's, that's an easy, um, that that's a good, that's a very easy um, way to, you know, spend a little time with me and for me to like draw a big picture. Cause one thing I have been blessed with is the ability to take challenges and, you know, make simplify them and make sense of them um, so that they're and give solutions that are simple, quicker, you know, and safer. And is there any magic sauce for making plastic life, lifestyle changes for people? Um, well, there's no magic pill. <laughs> you know, people have got to decide if they're committed to their health and their well-being. And if it's important enough for them to be around for their family and their children and their grandchildren. You know, and it's just like, because if, you know, you have, your behavior says everything about what your intention is. That's great. Right? Uh, yes. Dr. Brad, I want to talk about Grim Reaper Syndrome. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, if people are sick and don't know it, how do they know they have something going on? which kind of relates to the Grim Reaper syndrome. Would you mind sharing uh, some thought process? Sure. On this? Well, Grim Reaper syndrome is just people who have signs and symptoms that don't pay attention to them. You know, for instance, people have floaters in their eyes. You know, some, mm-hmm. those floaters are either clear or else they're dark colored. In Chinese medicine, if they're dark colored, then you would look, you know, it would give you a clue to look more into the kidney meridi function. And um, if it was clear, you would look more into the liver um, meridian function. Um, and so it's like signs and symptoms, like people, you know, when I ask people about their bowel movements, you know, it's just like people get embarrassed about that. It's part of nature. It's part of life. And, you know, it's just like, what color are they? What shape are they? How often? How often do you urinate? What color is the urine? What is the pH of that urine? Because you have to know the bottom line numbers. You have to know them. It's like choosing to either drive a jalopy for a body, which means you just, you're like the first person you're kind of talking about, you're just putting whatever in it and doesn't care. And the person who has a Mustang who thinks that they can replace any part of their body anytime, right? Because Mustangs have parts on it that are always replaceable. Um, or having a Ferrari. And if you have a Ferrari, you've got to feed it the right food. Right. You got to have the right gas. You've got to take care of the wheel alignment. You got to make sure you have good tires or you're going to kill yourself. And it's the same thing in life. It's when you get on that horse and you decided that, you know, I now got the horse in front of the cart and I get on that cart. You got to decide, well, I've never even rode a horse before. How do you make this guy, this guy go giddy up and let's go? You know, and, and the Ferrari story, I drove a guy's Ferrari one time and he neglected to tell me that the brakes were on the wheel on the pad, paddles. And so he said, you need to slow down, but we're coming up to a curve. And I was in England, so I was driving on the wrong side of the road, so to speak. And um, and so I said, well, where is it? You know, and he, and he said, it's on the bottom part of the paddles. I thought he only meant one. So when I hit that one paddle to start to break, it made the back end of the car swing, and I smashed into a curb, Uh-oh. which which did thousands of dollars of damage. And so we're going like, wow. 
<laughs> and which shows you that if you're going to be really healthy, you got to know what you're driving and you have to know all the parameters of, of how do you do it? How I like, if I want to be a Ferrari, then what is it that I have to do to have a human being Ferrari? You know, because I like, and all those parts and organs have to work together. You've got to move. You've got to think better. You've got to feel better. You've got to move better. Well, how do you do that? You know, you do it through the five pillars of health and looking at like, you know, what's a good choice? Cause a lot of people don't make good choices. I had a client who asked me, you know, and this is just recently asked me what a protein was, you know, and I'm thinking in my head, you know, to me, proteins are, everyone knows what a protein is. You know, everyone knows what a carbohydrate is, but they don't. The truth of the matter is they don't. The people just buy food based upon that they're, they're eating to feed themselves. They're not eating to nurture themselves. You know, cause yeah. when you eat it, when you eat nutrient dense food, you are healthier. You know, you're happier. You have better habits. You have more stability. You have longer endurance. You have higher energy and you think better, feel better and move better. I mean, who doesn't want that? I mean, and it's not hard to do, but people try to make it hard to do because they, they go, Oh, I don't understand this. And then they, they quit, you know, mm-hmm. and as opposed to opening a book and reading and reading it or doing so, a little bit of research, like how do you combine foods that give that work chemically better? There's tons of food combining charts on Google and just pick one that works for you, you know, and it's just like, you'll be surprised. And also I always have every one of my clients start to make a ingredient list and look at what the ingredients are like lemon juice, for instance, you know, they go in and look at lemon juice and you're thinking, well, it's lemon juice, you know? And so what else is in lemon juice is sodium dioxide. And she said, you know, I, after I read, um, what sodium dioxide is, you know, she said, I, you know, I threw it away. Really? Because, you know, it's just like, if you look at this, the side effects, because it says that it's a chemical with a formulation of sodium and two oxygens and it's used in ceramic glass. Why would you eat it? <laughs> it's used in ceramic glass, you know, and, you know, it's just like in, in sodium dioxide, you know, if you're looking like for side effects, you know, they, they say is it hazardous and the substance is corrosive to eye, skin and respiratory tracts. So it, it's like, you know, you don't want to inhale it. <laughs> I mean, you know, everything, it, I mean, I mean, I can actually debate that because everything has some kind of, you know, side effects, no matter what. But everything. I think everything in moderation is good, but excess of even anything is bad. You know, there's a saying excess of anything is bad. So, um, you know, I'm just trying to understand here. I just don't want the audience to like stop using lemon juice completely after listening to this. No, they just I, need to buy lemon juice that doesn't have sodium dioxide in it. <laughs> there you go. So, but, yes. Right? Or use, or use lemons, you know, because is. Because the the level of like you know like you don't need more salt in your diet it's everywhere, and you know so so like for people who are listening to your show, it's just like don't stop and buying lemon juice, but buy lemon juice, don't buy buy lemon juice that's mixed with other stuff, you know, and other ingredients you know if you're gonna eat if you're going to have butter, have butter, you know, ideally have it from grass fed grass finished. 
you know, there, there's a misnomer of that for some, when someone's eating grass fed, that's supposed to be so good for you. Well, it becomes not so good for you ultimately when grass fed is not finished grass fed because they put grain in to buff up the, the weight, you know, right. and puffiness of the cow so that they get from point A to point C, you know, and, and they, and they get more money when the cow goes through to be slaughtered. If, you eat that kind of stuff. And so it's just, you know, the, it's buying real food, you know, it's just, and they, I can remember um, my teacher in um, chiropractic school um, that taught us nutrition. You know, he said everyone was using margarine because margarine, you know, is now can it's still on the market and it, it doesn't have the right conf- chemical configuration. In fact, the chemical configuration in margarine actually is carcinogenic. And so, but butter isn't, butter is something that, and your body needs fats in order to function. Your brain needs fats in order to function, you know, but it's putting the right proportions of that together with a carbohydrate, a protein, and a fat. So it becomes an anti-inflammatory type diet. That's a, that's a great point. Uh, a couple of other things I want to uh, discuss, Dr. Pat. Number one is, you know, I mean, Post-COVID era, you know, we all know the rise in mental illness, you know, negative mindset. Uh, I, I mean, according to you in your own experience, like what's going on with people with their mindset and the mental health these days, you know, and, and how can this be uh, improved? You know, that's the most important question. Well, the way it can be improved is to throw your TV out and turn it off. That's one thing. <laughs> and the reason for that is, is because there's so much misinformation and scare tactics that are used by the media who are paid for their productions and supported by donations from certain foundations around the world. And so if there's an agenda that needs to be expressed, they usually express the agenda of the donor. And so as far as COVID goes, I think people really need to start calling it what it, what it is. It's the flu. And it is a specific kind of flu. So like COVID, every person, they discovered COVID approximately at the end of the 50s going into the 60s. So the base component of COVID has never changed as a virus. And it's a virus. It's not a disease. And so, but so people, do you really do you really think it's a flu? Because... I mean, as you said, the media are paid to, you know, in, instill fear in people and spread their news. Think um, about it. Let's, let's be like, make sense of that, right? Sure. So if you, you know, in 2018, there was a flu. There was no, but the flu still was COVID. It was the coronavirus. It was still the element of the virus. And so then in 2019, you know, going into 20, there was a stronger virus and it's questionable. I still don't not really, uh, have not seen any clear research about that. It wasn't man-made or that it was something that something didn't go wrong in the lab, you know, and you never will know that, but in those, um, types of laboratories, there's one in Washington, near Washington, DC also that has the same kind of component as in Wuhan. But when somebody has, you know, it's like when you're looking at, and, and it only tests when you do the the test is testing from your neck up. So in Chinese medicine, that's considered an exterior problem. When mm-hmm. you used to get sick or start to feel sick and you had a sore throat or you came home with a stomach flu, it always started in the throat and in your head. And then it went in unless you ate something that was like food poisoning. 
you know, and so it's an exterior problem. There's a lot of things that you can do with something that's exterior before it enters the body. How you know it has entered the body is because the mucus changes colors. And I'm not talking about from clear to white. I'm talking from like, you know, from clear white to yellow, gray, green. Then you know it's very deep in your body. And the more heat that you have, the more the mucus gets congealed. And so when you have something like, um, and the coronavirus, for instance, like that's, that's a different virus than really the COVID. So, you know, you stop hearing them talk about the flu. And also they found out that a lot of people weren't getting the flu shot anymore with big pharma. So, and that was before 2019. And so when they came out with COVID, you know, um, you know, I just like, you know, they should call it what it is. It's a bad case of the flu. It's like influenza. You know, it was influenza was a pandemic in 1918. And, you know, it was like a lot of people were affected by this, you know, and there was a lot of people that were that died. And a lot of those people who died had underlying conditions proven by the statistics, by the CDC, proven that they had underlying conditions that when they got this, it just blew out their whole immune system and they had a cytokine storm, you know, and they had like too much going on. People who, you know, survived, and it's not a hundred percent, but people who survived had less of, you know, their immune systems were much more intact. So, but you know, I, I just want to uh, interrupt you on this. I'm sorry about that. I, I just want to talk about this. It's, it's, you know, I've been, I've been dying to talk on this topic with someone as uh, brilliant as you are. Uh, I mean, in 2015, Bill Gates predicted uh, COVID-19, you know, coronavirus, as we mentioned. Why is that? <laughs> Exactly. Why is that? We think, I mean, I don't know the percentage, but people have this perception this was used as a biochemical weapon, right? It was made in the mm-hmm. lab in Wuhan. Now they are, I mean, if you go on Twitter, Twitter files, you know, the leak is out there. Fauci, Dr. Fauci paid for this. He knew it, etc. We don't want to get too much into Dr. the politics. Dr. Side. Fauci made a lot of money off COVID. <laughs> yes. But we don't want to get too much onto it, but I I just want to understand, you know, because I personally think that's the case, right? I, I never, I don't watch CNN. I watched, I stopped watching CNN 2020 once Trump lost, Uh, not because Trump lost, but because it's run by the left. As you said, they are paid Mm -hmm. millions and millions of dollars to run this channel, spread the fear. And then on top of that, they came up with a vaccine, which scientifically takes eight to 12 years within eight months. We, mm-hmm. we took it. We don't know what we took, you know, but. Yeah, absolutely. And then they, they're giving you boosters. So every year on, on the uh, flu vaccine, they give people boosters, you know, so that's why I'm saying COVID. You need to start calling COVID what it is. It's the flu. And, um, you know, and there's a flu for every. every then why is it, why is it so deadly if it's just the flu? It's not deadly. You know, I mean, the, you see the amount of deaths. I mean, once again, I'm just giving you the numbers. I will guarantee you in 2019, there were a lot of sick people who didn't know it. And the only way that they knew that they were really sick is when they got sick because they couldn't pull out of it. There's a lot of people, unfortunately, it breaks my heart that that happened, but you know, it's just, but the truth of the matter is that a lot of people are sick and they don't know it. So when they have exposure to something that their immune system's already weak to begin with, 
you know, people who constantly get colds, people who have digestive issues, you know, and, and the people are like, you know, very complacent. I lived in Washington, D.C. in mm-hmm. 2010 to 12 or 13, something like that. And what I witnessed, I was so astounded when I lived there, how complacent people were, you know, like if something happened, it was like, oh. Well, they did everything that they were supposed to do, you know, and, and I, and also the, how the, the feeling of the elitism in Washington, D.C. I've never been a political person, but in Washington, D.C. is in your face. You didn't have any choice. So when I look at it, you know, when, you know, it's just like when people, you know, and I've heard people starting to say they had the flu and that you, cause, you know, or they say it's a variant. Variant is a much stronger heavier word than a strain but it's the same thing you know and when they you know discovered quote-unquote delta or omicron right Mm -hmm. and it's just like it's a strain but they called it a variant because if you keep people in scare mode their immune system shot to begin with and if you don't give people accurate information or you perpetually put out disinformation, then you have people arguing with each other and you feel and you have the discourse and you have and you can see the results of everything that happened during that time. I mean, even wearing a mask, you know, it's just like if the virus or what organism doesn't matter what it is can get in, it can get out. You know, and, and virus some- has its own span of time where, you know, as you said. It comes in your body, but within its own span of time, it also goes out of your body, you know. Well, yeah, and, and sometimes, you know, like, you know, there's a Chinese remedy that's very good for the beginning part of the flu. And there's, I mean, and, you know, and people had a lot of success with that in China during this pandemic at, at different times. And then... You know, when some, when you had a whole country that was clear, all of a sudden, like, you know, came back. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's like, well, where was the source of the comeback then? I mean, it's just like, it isn't like, you know, if, if you, if you got it under control, because people have different levels of immune system and different exposures. I worked in, I saw probably over a thousand patients excited fill in work during that time, you know, in people's offices, you know, and I had, I've had high exposure. And that I not ever got COVID and that, and, and so, you know, people go, what do you do? And I said, well, you know, I have, you know, honey, raw honey that I keep, you know, and that if my throat starts to get scratchy or if I have, if I'm starting to get a cold, you know, I'll take that honey in my bedroom in the middle of the night. If I wake up coughing, I just take a Demi-Test spoonful of it and put it in my mouth and swallow it. You know, there's a lot of medicinal purposes to honey, you know, and You know, and I did things like, you know, gargle with cider vinegar and water, (laughs) you know, like things over the counter. I never washed my hands in um, Perel because it's, you know, I, you know, I've seen somebody do an experiment where um, about after they wash the dish, they put a match to it and the thing lights up, you know, and I'm going like, okay, you know, and then, you know, when, you know, I saw malarkey happen, like, you know, people would go grocery shopping and they were never asked to wash their hands before they went into the grocery store you know, coming from their cars, they touch everything and they leave, you know, I'm thinking, and, and they're spraying, you know, I was at a Trader Joe's and they were spraying the, the, uh, the carts with tetra, tetrachlorohydro something. It was really toxic. It, it has a, it had benzene rings in it. Benzene rings are always carcinogenic. Um, but the, you know, as a, as a chemical to prevent germs, 
you know, being spread. You better have germs in your house. You better have, let a kid crawl on the grass, you know, in order to improve their immune system naturally. So, you know, it's just like, you know, have I ever got a cold in the last couple of years? Sure. But, you know, it's just like, I, I just think, you know, you, you know, getting back to normal would be calling it what it really is, which is the flu. Uh, that's Dr. Pat. I, I just want to play this scenario real quick. Okay. Now you have someone who reaches out to you, says, I have a healthy blood work, everything MR positive, everything is good. And now let's do the Grim Reaper syndrome here, right? Mm-hmm. How can how can you help that person who says, My blood work is good? I don't think Dr. Pat you can help me. You know, I'm just trying to play the devil's advocate here, you know. Well, you're doing a good job at playing like, you know, the devil's advocate right now. But the the thing is that people start having signs and symptoms and they don't pay attention to those signs and symptoms. Floaters Mm -hmm. in the eyes, like getting bloated after you eat, getting bloated only after you eat bread, you know, having stomach pain, um, insomnia. You know, um, I know somebody who had open heart surgery and they haven't been able to sleep a full night since then. You know, and, you know, I said, like, you know, change your meds, go back to your doctor, stop telling me about it, go back to your doctor, I didn't give you the meds, and I didn't tell you to do the open heart surgery, which they found they thought that maybe they didn't have to really do it. And so because once they cut, they can't go back, you know, and the idea is to really test before you guess you know, and, and have, you know, appropriate things. So the Grim Reaper syndrome is just things that, you know, people don't pay attention to and then suddenly realize later on, you know, it makes, you know, I, I should have paid attention to that. You know, people who take over-the-counter drugs, you know, any over-the-counter drugs, you know, and when people do that, they're affecting how their immune system is responding, you know, and, you know, and how they're, you know, it's just like that, and, and weakening of perhaps the immune system. It depends upon like what it is, but a lot of over-the-counter drugs have side effects. So you look at Tylenol, you know, if you ever look at what the, the organ system is that, you know, it can cause failure in, like Tylenol relates to the liver and Advil relates to the kidneys, then it's better for you to use Tylenol if you use it for an upper body situation and, uh, and Advil for a lower body situation. You know, Very interesting, the, actually. I didn't even knew this thing. Yeah, just go, go read the label on it. And on, and on the label of like toothpaste, it tells you to call poison control if swallowed. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I'm thinking like, okay, so there is this like, there, you know, there's things that could, and you can buy natural toothpaste. You know, why do they put carrageenan? They put so many fillers and supplements and foods that don't need to be there in order to make them, you know, be, you know, palatable or whatever. There's so much sugar that people are ingesting in their system and sugar is directly related to how much inflammation people have in their bodies. And if they have inflammation, they're setting themselves up for that grim reaper syndrome because they're going to go like, Oh, it's okay. Or my ankle only hurts every once in a while. You know, and then five years down the road, their ankle hurts all the time and they realize that, you know, they have, you know, this had a simple misalignment that if they would have had their ankle adjusted, you know, and taken care of a while ago, they wouldn't be having the problems that they're having right now. Same thing for food. You have control over what you put in your mouth. So, Dr. Bright, a couple of things before we wrap this up. Now, besides helping people elevate their mindset, you know, with positive attitude, etc., do you use a medicine, medicinal approach or do you use a holistic approach to treat people? Do I use the what approach? What was the first one? Holistic. Um, I always use a holistic approach. 
to treat people. You know, I don't, do I think that there's a need for um, Western medicine? Absolutely. Um, Like if you're having, if you're starting to have a stroke, you don't want them to come to me. You want to go to ER. You know, and you want is sometimes you have to take medications in order to stop that process, you know, but, you know, there's things that you can do after that process, you know, so you would like, like in that kind of medical emergency, you want to be taken to the right source. As long as they take you to the right source. My mother had a fall inside of a van and slammed her head against the uh, grate in the back of the van and her wheelchair just flipped over because nobody secured it and um she they brought her to the wrong hospital they brought her to a hospital that didn't treat head trauma and and so two hours later she was shipped over to the other place i'm going that was two precious hours of her life you know that someone made a mistake in their decision about what hospital to go to you know and so it's annoying. Um, and, and when, when I hear things like that, that I find those stories so upsetting. So Dr. Pratt, now if people want to reach out to you after listening to this podcast, um, where can they reach out to, to you for consultation? Well, or- I am excited to say that I launched my new website this week. Um, and that website is health team network, three words, one all together, dot com. And that's a good place to start. It's a good place to start your adventure. Um, and it's uh, full of a lot of information. There are some freebies on there and things like that that can help people, you know, uh, help them have even better and, and healthier lives. Um, other way to reach out to me, um, like we met each other on LinkedIn, you know, so I, I uh, you know, because I do a lot of B2B, you know, and B2C. Um and, you know, that's a good place to reach out to me and connect with me there. I invite you to do that. I have a Facebook personal page and a, and a business page. And I have a private uh, coaching or a private page um, called Be Stronger Than Medicine um, on LinkedIn, excuse me, on um, Facebook also. Um, and, you know, I usually let my, you know, coaching clients, you know, in there and I'm accepting new coaching clients. I expanded my hours for doing that because I was, I've been getting busier and I want to be able to serve more people, um, so that they can, you know, live the life that they always dreamed that they should live. Nobody's thought when they were two years old or five years old when they were growing up as a kid that they're going to have to ever be a burden to somebody. So let's take, let's reverse that. I'm up for reversing that. I hope anybody else is listening to this is also. So Dr. Pat, we will, we are going to put all this information in the description of this video. And also, guys, if you want to buy Dr. Pat's book, Why Are You Sick, Fat, and Tired? It's available on Amazon and the link is, will be in the description as well. Uh, Dr. Dr. Pat, this has been really a blast. Uh, um, as a closing argument, if there is something you want to talk about that we did not discuss or any message you want to give to our audience, please take it away. Well, okay. <laughs> I'll give you the mic back in 10 minutes. Um, just joking. Uh, I think one of the biggest things that people can do is to be hydrated. And, you know, for a simple over the counter, 
you know, hydration. So how you figure out how much water that you need, you need 50% of your body weight, you know, um, divided like, like I weighed a hundred pounds. I would have to minimally drink 50 ounces of water. Now, if you take that water and you put a little bit of lemon juice in it, it raises the right kind of acid in your body. Also makes your body more alkaline so that you ha- can express better health and being hydrated helps the brain because it helps the brain detoxify. It helps the joints, the muscles, digestion, you know, it helps, you know, your skin. Um, it, there's so many like great benefits of, you know, being hydrated. And I, I say that all the time. I usually start when I'm walking and recording, um, when I'm exercising in the morning, I always start with like, you know, make sure you stay hydrated <laughs> because it's just, it's just a simple, easy thing. It helps you sleep better. You know, you just don't want to drink, you know, a quart of water before you go to bed. You want to drink it like at six o'clock and then go to bed like nine or 10, you know, so that you end up not having any water like in the last two hours that you're up. Got it. Uh, Dr. Pat, this uh, was really uh, a great podcast. You know, we learned a lot about you, you know, how you can help people. And uh, we want to thank you from our side for being a guest on our podcast. And uh, we want to wish you all the very best. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. I love being here. I'm glad we did this. Thank you so much. Uh, Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye.